Happy Friday! Ruby DeLuna here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with your daily roundup of today's top stories. It's Friday, February 9th. The effort to allow more affordable housing across Washington state took a big step forward this week. That's because the state house unanimously approved a bill that would allow tiny micro-apartments wherever regular apartments are allowed. Joshua McNichols has more about what's next for the bill. Senator Jesse Solomon of Shoreline plans to guide the bill through the Senate. When I was on the Shoreline City Council, we were trying to create housing opportunities that are affordable for you know, working class nurses, teachers, et cetera. Even like with Shoreline City employees, a lot of them live out of the city because of the cost. And so we're building all this light rail, all this infrastructure for mass transit. We got to allow people to live near it. There's no organized opposition to the bill, but lobbyists for cities and counties in Washington have expressed concern that dense new apartment buildings will bring more cars to city streets. Joshua McNichols, KUOW News. The families of three children who were exposed to aspergillus mold in the operating rooms at Seattle Children's Hospital will share a $215,000 judgment. A King County jury delivered the decision yesterday. None of the children in the lawsuit were infected with a potentially deadly mold, but they did have to undergo antifungal treatments. The mold outbreak in the hospital's ventilation system has been blamed for killing seven patients since 2001. The hospital has since repaired its ventilation system. In a statement, it said it accepts responsibility for the potential exposure, and the jury's verdict. Some Seattle gardeners had a booming year in 2023, enough that they were able to donate tens of thousands of pounds of food. Casey Martin reports. It's chilly outside, but the sun is shining and people are working in their gardens at the Beacon Food Forest. It's a large pea patch in Jefferson Park in the Beacon Hill neighborhood. Last year, the gardeners at the food forest donated over 3,500 pounds of food to local food banks and meal programs. A lot of food banks receive donations of canned food, so fresh produce is a plus. Seattle's pea patch program has been going on for 50 years now, and there are about 90 in the city. Despite 2023 being more hot and dry than usual, Pea Patches in Seattle donated over 33,000 pounds of food last year. At the Beacon Food Forest, I'm Casey Martin, KUOW News. A federal civil rights lawsuit says a Washington State Patrol trooper arrested a woman on suspicion of drunken driving when she was actually experiencing a life-threatening brain bleed. The lawsuit says Nicole McClure was booked into Thurston County Jail in March 2022 and laid on a jail cell floor for a day before receiving medical attention. The Seattle Times reports doctors later removed part of her skull. Her lawyer says McClure now has permanent disabilities, which would have been lessened had she received immediate medical attention. Officials with the State Patrol and the Thurston County Jail said the agencies don't comment on pending litigation. Washington wildlife officials are recommending the state lift its endangered designation for gray wolves. Spokane Public Radio's Brandon Hollingsworth tells us why. 
The Department of Fish and Wildlife says 14 years of data and trends, along with a model developed by the University of Washington, suggest wolf populations in the state are no longer endangered. That doesn't mean the wolves are invulnerable. The agency says gray wolves in western Washington are still trying to build stable populations, but it does mean the situation is better than it was in 1980 when gray wolves were added to the state's endangered species list. Public comment on the status change proposal is being accepted through May 6th. The state's announcement comes less than a week after federal authorities denied a request to declare gray wolves endangered in parts of Washington and five other western states. Four conservation groups, including the Center for Biological Diversity and the Sierra Club, said Wednesday they will challenge the federal decision in court. I'm Brandon Hollingsworth reporting. A heads up for drivers: Montlake Boulevard above State Route 520 and all of the on and off ramps will be closed this weekend for construction. The closure begins at 10 tonight and will last through early Monday morning. Also, expect lane closures on southbound I-5 between South Seattle and Tukwila over the weekend. Three lanes will be closed so crews can repair some worn-out panels of concrete. Exits and entrances will remain open, and the lanes will. Open back up early Monday morning. Washington's Department of Natural Resources has finally determined what sparked the Gray Fire that burned 240 homes in eastern Washington over the summer. The report says sparks came from a security light that was mounted to a pole owned by Inland Power and Light. The Gray Fire ultimately burned 10,000 acres and displaced thousands of people. The spokesman review says a resident in the area tried to get the utility to tend to the faulty light several times before the fire broke out. The public utility is facing several lawsuits. And finally today, special props for former Seattle Seahawks coach Pete Carroll. Some Washington lawmakers took a few minutes out of their busy schedule today to honor Carroll. Senator Ann Rivers wore a Seahawks jersey as she spoke on the Senate floor about Carroll's impact and his signature gum-chewing, hopping down the sidelines energy. He thrilled us. He inspired us, and he united us. The Washington Senate approved a resolution congratulating Carroll on his NFL coaching career, including leading the Seattle team to its first Super Bowl win in 2014. It was announced in January that Carroll would no longer be the Seahawks' head coach after 14 years in the job. The Senate resolution doesn't come with any policy impact, but Carroll will receive a copy of the formal statement. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Ruby Deluna. Happy Lunar New Year! We'll be back on Monday with another episode. Have a great weekend.